So welcome to the Golf Performance Podcast. This is episode one, um, a new podcast here that we're eager to introduce you to. My name is LeBron Palmer, or LP for short, and we have our um, performance expert here as well, who is our co-host on the mic. We've got JJ Wood, uh, golf performance. I'm not sure how to create great performance <laughs> in uh, football or basketball, but uh, some of the same principles apply, but yeah, definitely. I mean, when we're talking about performance, which won't only be the theme of this podcast, we'll get into a variety of things. But when we talk about performance, really just performing at your best, at your highest level your and what that potential. may look like could be for anybody, right? Yeah, correct. I think the same principles apply across all sports and, you know, life in general. You know, you got to plan, you got to execute. And there's simple concepts that we can apply, you know, in our daily life or in our training regimen in any sport uh, to be successful. And we'll talk some about about some of those. So definitely. And before we even started today, as we were prepping for the show, we even talked about systems and having systems in place and building on things. And um, I think it was Peter that mentioned. But sometimes systems aren't built correctly and they don't work. So we'll get into that as well, I'm sure. Correct. It's all about systems. Definitely. So tell the people about yourself, um, where they can find you. We're based in Houston, Texas. Um, but let's get a little details about where you're at, what you're doing, all those things. Okay. So I uh, recently moved our Golf Academy Golf Performance Group up to Northgate Country Club on the north side of Houston uh, because we got the facilities here to provide the player development resources we want to provide to kind of uh, recreate the golf instruction model that the PGA, you know, created back in the day. That's not that effective for game improvement. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, give us a little bit more about that. What do you mean it's not well, so effective? So most golfers, you know, you want to learn how to play golf. You search online, you get a one hour golf lesson at golf tech or with a driving range pro, put yourself on video. It's all about technique. Uh, what other sport did you grow up and you, you sign up for a pitching lesson? You, you, that's yeah. You don't just, do that. Yeah. 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 We didn't start playing baseball or basketball and go straight to technique of our arm motion. Right. Not we, at all. You just tried to get it to the hoop. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you're instinctual. Uh, you just got out there and played the game. So, uh, we do it from beginners to professionals, but professionals are always trying to be more instinctual and play the game because, their mindset is a little tainted because of all these golf instruction books and, you know, how they how they started playing the game. It's, Definitely. It's all analytical versus athletic. So, no. And I and just a little bit background for me. Um, I'm just basically a golf fanatic. Um, I enjoy the game. I look nothing like your traditional golfer. I'm maybe, what, 100 pounds over than what the normal Probably golfer would be. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, if we're looking at Ricky Fowler and Rory. But I, but I have a decent um, turn, a terrible swing. I never know where my golf ball it's is going. It's not that bad. See, it, we'll <laughs> talk about mindset too. But, but we're definitely going to get into um, some of those details and how we go moving forward. So kind of just what's happening. Let's, um, you know, more about who we are. Um, we're Sooners, you know, we enjoy and OU gets a chance to play the UH Cougars this Sunday. Get a little redemption. Off I can't wait. One. Now I tell us a little bit either. what happened to you last time OU played UH. So, you know, last time I was all pumped up first game of the year. Definitely. You know, I was, uh, with some U, U of H golf people. So we pull up to the tailgate and there's uh, Steve Elkington, you know, major champion. He's a, he always likes to have a fun time. He just bought Will Smith's, uh, bus nice he nice. has a everything you can think of in the bar in his bus and okay. then he has a putting green 
in the middle of it as well with about three different holes. Nice. Okay. So he took me it. through the liquor cabinet, showing me every different, you know, whiskey and rum and everything he had. He likes to have a good time. So it was fun okay. until, you know, the game started. <laughs> and then after the game, I just became, you know, a fake Cougars fan for, you know, <laughs> let the whiskey just, you know, take over a little bit so that I could uh, enjoy my time with some friends versus, yeah. you know, the result of the game. Yeah, we, we have to get redemption. I mean, it's in Norman. It's a it's the only televised college game for that evening. Um, OU is ranked fourth. Um, so it seems like we're always ranked right there at fourth. Yeah, I mean, why is it the hype from our our new quarterback? We just lost a Heisman quarterback. Yeah, so, so. Jalen Hurts came in from Alabama, and I just don't know if we're going to have the same offense that we've had the last two years. So we got a, a big time. Freshman quarterback, right? Yeah, um, Spencer Rattler. Okay, so who fits the offense better style-wise, in your honest opinion? Spencer Rattler. But we're going to believe in Jalen for a little while. So. You you have to. I mean, he's a fifth-year guy. But is that part of the hype? I mean, I'm a Sooner fan. I love the Sooners. But, you know, they think the media is thinking he's going to be able to play our system. I'll put it this way. Every quarterback that Lincoln Riley has had from, like, East Carolina days has performed well. I believe you. So, so if you take that in consideration, Jalen should make a jump from what he was doing at Alabama. So he's got the experience. He does. He may not be, you know, that's where experience is huge. Mindset is huge. Agreed. You know, and we'll talk freshman, about that with golf, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, it all relates to both sports. So Now, in, and Jalen has played in a national championship game. So n- no sooner in the last, what, 10 years – has played in a national championship game. So that's a big deal. Well, how did he do in his last He got pulled. So <laughs> how, how's it? Uh, hopefully that doesn't feed over to our uh, trend of national championship games too. So, But he did bring him back in the SEC game, right? He did. He did. Game. That was huge. He did. And then he got pulled again for the national championship game. But so, so it's the start of a college football season, but it's actually the end of the golf season. Correct. And – At the end of the golf season, there's a lot of things that we can kind of reflect back on. So let's just kind of start with the PGA Tour. And and I like to kind of run down what will we give the awards to players or what we think. Is is Brooks Koepka going to get player of the year? Well, he already got two of them. I can't keep up with all the different. uh, But he got PGA of America and he got another one. But, yeah, I mean, those guys, they go off major championship wins. Okay. Rory was phenomenal, consistent. Rory's going to win some more. He's trending in the right direction. The problem is okay. you only get four tournaments a year yeah, to yeah. get that major title. And Rory, it's golf. I mean, it's kind of one of the reasons I got into coaching versus playing because PGA Tour qualifying school, which they don't even have anymore. Yeah, they, you all have to go tour. Yeah. You got to play good at that, you know, the fall of, that, of the year at four different tournaments, you know, in and that's September, it. October, yeah. December. And they start, I think, pre-qualifying maybe in August. Yep. Um, but if you don't play well in those four tournaments, you're you're going to work at a, you know, a bar to wait tables and then try to play outside yeah. of that. It's, yeah. it's a tough road. Yeah, so so Tiger, greatest comeback is, I mean, for winning the Masters, what do you think? Uh, uh, obviously. Now, I he think, was terrible you know, after I'm, that. I'm 35. <laughs> I haven't seen all the great comebacks like okay. Ben Hogan and, you know, all the other athletes. But, I mean, I think everybody, not even golf fanatics, had a tear in their eye. You know, it's funny. He was the 
villain for, know, for years. Everybody yeah, hated everyone him. Everyone hated him. And I, I agree, you know, some of the stuff personally, you know, but I don't like to judge. I don't know. I can't imagine what his life is like. Oh, you it, know? it's, it, but it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, I guess, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I mean, it doesn't excuse him for his no behavior. his behavior, but it does. But as a help golf, him. as a golf, uh, I guess role model, just in golf, he changed the game. He yeah. changed the industry, and I hate to say it because I don't think you know everyone taught. My dad taught me. You know, coaches taught us. No one's bigger than the game. But when he won that Masters, I was sitting right here in the indoor golf studio. Yeah, and that telecast went off i just see cars just flowing in the parking lot getting them out of the trunk their clubs going to the range i mean so it, it made is crazy di- so you've what seen it, it make a industry. difference even for the industry tiger being a winner. oh big time and see i'm directly into the industry so and people want to you know improve their game when they call me and tiger makes them want to improve their game because it's exciting you know good golf is exciting and so I mean, our sales go up. It, it's crazy. You know, and from the player's perspective, he's just motivational, everything he's been through, that he can, and he's more humanized, too. I completely agree with and that. And so yeah. now you can kind of relate to him and, you know, not really his career, but this last episode. And if he's able to come back, he was down mentally, yeah. physically. He was arrested for pills. And, yeah. You know, yeah. every the worst of the worst, and he overcame it. I mean, we, you know – I think it's uh, motivational. It's it's everything, and I'm a Tiger fan. I mean, that's why a lot of us got into the game. Definitely, you know, especially in my, of our age. In my yeah. age group, agree. Dustin Johnson's, Gary Woodlands, yep. those guys. Yeah, no, completely agree. And now he's making it too hard for me to get on, you know, tour events because <laughs> all these kids are so dang good. And and to close out our kind of end of the season when we're talking about the professionals, what about those young kids? I mean, we've got the. Basically, the entire Oklahoma State Cowboys golf team um, got their PGA Tour cards in one year, mm-hmm. which is unheard of. I've never seen anything like that before. The college golf is so deep. I mean, I think it started kind of in my generation with the okay. Dustin Johnson, Anthony Kims. You're getting athletes playing because Tiger, you know, was coming on the scene when I was about 10, 11 years old. Okay. Okay. So kids, like I was playing baseball, you know, I wanted to be a baseball player, but then golf started to become kind of cool. So then you get athletes playing golf. It's not just the country club, you know, fat kid sport, you know, where Agreed, even, even yeah. though, you know, those John Daly's, those guys yeah. are still athletic. It's a different athleticism. It's so it's a not skill. Kenny the Cashman Perry anymore. You've it's, got. I can't just throw weights <laughs> around the gym like you and go dominate on the field. I got to develop some skills. Definitely. Know? Definitely. So what, what do you think, you know, we're finishing our season. Corn Ferry is actually in their championship now. Um, I think you just finished your season recently Correct. as well. Well, what should you be doing at the end of a golf season? Is it just put the clubs away for a little while, give yourself a break? What's the what's that process look like? I think it's different for everybody. I mean, Rory, he's hot, right? He's playing this week. Oh, you're right about that. Yeah. So you're right. when you got that good momentum going, you want to one people don't come take a lesson when they're playing well when i think you should because okay. you want to remember like me right now i'm going through a slump i i wish i would have written down more what i was doing when i was playing well a couple of years ago okay because you're you know so i've been reflecting a lot and what was i had it so simplified you know with my swing thoughts with my practice regimen you know i my expectations all that stuff that has completely changed since I got into a major championship. Um, and you, Did the major championship add 
any pressure to you moving after that? Did you feel it, like you had some expectations now? You know, I've been reflecting these last couple of weeks going into our last uh, section championship for okay. South Texas PGA because the winner of that gets into the – um, you know, the PJ tour event exemption, you get top seven, go to nationals. Um, and I've had one of the, the worst performance years of my, my life, you know, and I actually started practicing a little bit more, but I wasn't, I wasn't practicing what I preach. <laughs> I was kind of, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, when it comes, you know, I am the coach and I, I would take my advice when I didn't practice, I kept it simple, but then I, I learned some things getting access to you know new information after that pga championship but then i i complicated and forgot what what i did okay okay and so for you know it but you got to sit back and really think about it take a deep breath and it takes a while to kind of journaling you know stuff like that for me it was more mentally exhausted okay um i think the pressure came from myself because yeah i can play with these guys like if i just change a couple things you know i'll make a cut at the pga next time or the houston open uh, but I complicated it and got away from those most important things I can control, like my setup, my transition. Uh, and I started working on using the ground better. You okay. know, I'm 35. It's, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I can refine it slowly, but I would just change it, do 100 reps that day, and then go play and try not to think about it. But then I would think about it. Got just it. like everybody that takes a golf lesson, right? Yeah, so you've got, I mean... From your perspective, that would be at the most elite level. Uh, you know, let's take a guy like myself. What, what do I want to do at the end of a season when I need to beat my buddies? Like, I, I have absolutely, when we start playing again. So you're going to slow down during football season because everybody wants to exactly. watch game day yeah. instead of go Saturday you know, yeah. to the course. So um, for me, our, you know, we're going to play some here and there. But we really ramp up again around the Masters. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when it really starts to get um, booming again. So what what should I be trying to focus on you know, it, all right, I, I made some improvements. I got better. I'm not hitting crazy slice hooks anymore, or things like that. What What would your thoughts be there? Well, I think, you know, I give players a sheet after they I have a post-round review, a post-tournament review. So it, what are you doing well? So you can write okay. down some things you're doing well, which I didn't do when I was playing well. And okay. I wish I would have because now I'm trying to remember. Um, but what, what are you doing well? So you want to maintain those things and keep those your strengths. So your driver's really good. Why is your driver? You can get really detailed, right? Okay. So what is your swing thought? What is your pre-shot routine? And then what are my weaknesses? And you say do that even post-round. Post-round. Well, players, yeah. Okay. Depending how competitive you are. Okay. You know, but beginners could do it, you know. Yeah. And it comes back to post-shot routine. If you're getting feedback after every golf shot you hit, then you're going to improve every shot. But what do we do when we hit a bad shot on the range? Oh, slam our club. And get mad. Yeah, 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 definitely. So one of the most important tools I I learned in college through a performance coach was a post-shot routine. We all hear about pre-shot routine, but nothing about post-shot routine. When That's when you're learning from that shot and you can correct it. Rather than, oh, that was a bad one, wreck it over, do it again, do the same thing again, right? Or you get lucky, you're not going to ingrain that. True, true, So. Uh, you got to understand your game and, and, you know, through your coach, you know, work, you know, systematically, you know, from set up through swing positions. Uh, everybody goes to a swing position and I just caught myself before set up, you know, the, the first question should be, did I trust that a hundred percent? Okay. You know, when I, okay. uh, did I commit to that shot? Because if you didn't, 
then it could have been a glitch various areas where people were like, oh, I sliced it. I swung over the top. Yeah. Yeah, well, your ball position was bad. Your setup was bad. You didn't trust it. So Multiple things could be going on. Let's go back to did we trust it, ball position, alignment, grip, you know, down the line. So you just kind of categorize what was good, what was bad, and then you create a plan to maintain those strengths and improve on those weaknesses. So let's talk about planning then because I know through Golf Performance Group, um, you've been developing and working on a 90-day challenge. Correct. So, so is that a game plan that I should be doing during a golf season? Does it, or is this the prime opportunity to get involved in something like that? I think this is a prime time because you're not worried about going out on Saturday, right? True. So the true. pressure's off. You can, you know, you got to be strategic in those 90 days, and you work out a lot in the gym. You can do when you're making swing changes, which most people always got to refine their golf swing. You know the winter months are coming. Yeah. So yeah. you can you can be improving that a lot faster without ruining your confidence if you're doing the you know certain exercises in the gym to improve your swing positions. So, okay. And a lot of it comes back to how you turn, which you don't need to hit a golf ball to work on your turn. That's the core of your engine. So you know just putting together a plan, starting from the ground up. You know, okay. Set physically from you know setup. So every time you do a drill, you're ingraining that setup. Okay. And then when you go out to the range, come Masters Week, and you know that that's instinctual almost. Yeah. And you haven't hit a million bad shots with working on those swing positions. So now you know you're going to go out there, and you're not going to you're going to have more confidence. So yeah, and I I know during our um, podcast, as we bring in guests and we introduce different topics, et cetera you know, the 90 day challenge might be a good thing for us to monitor as well. You know, something that we could start with in here and we can chronicle that process also, because I know, um, and being with you, you like to use technology. How, how, how important would you say technology is to the average player? To, you know, the 90 shooter, 100 yeah. shooter. I mean, you don't have to have it, you know, it gets more detailed and more factual. And one of the sayings is, why, why guess when you can measure, you know, but true, it, true. It, but you know, that hundred shooter, I guarantee you they don't do the basics, the simple stuff, correct. And they jump on the launch monitor. Oh, I'm over the top. Well, you know, you shouldn't probably start there. You should start maybe with the swing catalyst pressure mat. So you get a, you get factual data of what actually is the center of my feet, you know, okay. and okay. Uh, where, you know, what, how to turn correctly. But, you know, I have tools I have for every drill I have with technology and without technology. So you can do it at home uh, because people aren't going to leave here and have a swing catalyst at home. I got to give them some drills they can do at home that simulate that. So and for you as a performance coach, should people be doing things without the golf club? Is it? And see that. See, that's so that's where it gets a little tricky. And you can go on YouTube it all day and find someone who's selling yeah. <laughs> something. And so that's what I've done. I mean, as a coach, I've kind of weeded through okay. all of that okay. junk. You know, there's a lot of good information. There's a lot of experts out there, but there's a lot of people that say they're experts. And, and they're not. They're not. They yeah. just want to make videos. Okay. Because so, I mean, that's kind of was my priority getting into golf instruction was what what does everybody need no matter what their swing looks like so they all need consistent tempo okay they all need consistent solid impact okay they you know and then they need to understand if they have limitations say they're a bigger guy that can't turn they've got compensations well maybe i need to get more narrow so educating them on when you get narrow when you get wide and what the cause and effect is and keep it real simple 
so that they're, you know, they can understand it and they can make simple adjustments. It's kind of like uh, in fitness, Orange Theory. Yes. The gym, yeah. Right. Yeah. Most of most golfers, you know, the less of 0.01% are like, you know, advanced PJ. Of course. course. Where that's different, but the same principles apply. It's just simpler. So at Orange Theory, they're not training for the CrossFit Games not or the bodybuilding yeah. competition. They've got a systematic process, right? And it's pretty simple. I mean, and you you got beginner, intermediate, advanced yeah. based on your weight loss you yeah. know, needs and goals. So in golf, you can have the same system, okay. you know, and then as, you just make the drills a little tougher to beat, you know. So if you're a beginner you make one from one out of five from three feet, you know, but when you're a single digit handicap, you make four out of five, you know? And so, but everybody needs alignment. Tour players have alignment sticks on the range every time they hit balls, but amateurs don't. I've never know? used it alive. In the times <laughs> I have been on the, on PGA tour ranges, I'm searching, you know, they can tell me a secret. Like I hear Butch or Ledbetter or anybody. Yeah. There's no secrets. And okay. the main thing is they focus on everything matters in your golf game, but the, there's stuff that matters more, okay. you know, okay. and, and there's stuff you can control. There's stuff you can't control. So definitely, definitely. So, so on future episodes, I want, you know, you all to be looking forward to, of course, we're going to put out some information on um, golf performance groups, Instagram, my Instagram, JJ Woods, Instagram on, Hey, what topics would you like to hear? But I know we've got planned out um, how you gamify your practice. I think that's huge because we think, we think we know what they want, but I want to hear what they actually want. Exactly. Because I could relate better and tailor programs better definitely, to the, definitely. to the regular golfer. So. so, so we'll definitely be soliciting feedback there. But for today, as we get ready to wrap this one up, we always want to leave something as a part of our group. And I know the mental game often gets left out. And you brought up to share with others. And we'll add that in moving forward. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. When uh, I interviewed at Ohio State, the Oklahoma State coach was my head coach there. I was his assistant. And he'd always tell people to trust it, have a good attitude. And I was like, well, how do you trust it? Being kind of a, a smart ass because I didn't really care if I moved to Ohio or not. You know, I, and uh, he was like, well, how do you trust it? And it all went back to really your process and your pre-shot routine okay. and your breathing and just meditation. You know, it applies in all areas. Whenever you get nervous, you got a speech, right? You got to focus on controlling your breathing. Maybe some, so you, you can do exercises. I can give you a routine where you do it daily and you can't just start breathing when you get to the first No, because then, then your brain's <laughs> yeah. confused why you're starting to actually breathe. <laughs> you know, and then you screw yourself up anyways. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, controlling your breathing, like doing a meditation program, if you don't have access to a performance coach, but learning how to breathe correctly and then simulating pressure and game-like training. And that's what we've started here with the team training. Get guys out, you know, women and men out there, similar peer groups and ability levels and give them those drills that everybody needs, but they get them competing, have a leaderboard out there. How, who made, you know, how many did you make from 10 feet? Or, you know, get them competing, because golf, that's the hardest thing, is, you know, practicing that competition, you know, that you get to do in b baseball, basketball, pickup games, yeah, you know? In yeah. golf, it's real hard. It's Because so. it, it's so individual. So, so if you yeah. can put a little pressure on them, but if you're out there with your son, your brother, your you know, whoever, yeah create a game or create a game with yourself you know you're not going to go to the bathroom you got to go to the bathroom real bad so you get that <laughs> that lob shot up and down but i mean you can get so creative with it get as creative as possible and then add that breathing in every time you hit a shot <laughs> it before. definitely it, so. and we'll have a full 
um, episode on how to gamify your practice. And what we're going to try to do also is when we upload the podcast, we'll try to add a video component as well. So let's say we talk about a few drills. You'll get to see those real time, whether it's on IGTV or YouTube or at golfperformancegroup.com. So we want to make sure that you know, you'll have a lot of tools, a lot of resources, and then hopefully you just like us. I mean, I think we're decent people. I mean, we're yeah. we're reasonable guys. We're pro- I, mean, I think so, but a lot of people think we're weird too. So I, that's it just fine. Depends I mean, what side of the fence you fall on. I mean, I'm gonna put you in a headlock if you think I'm weird. You know, yeah. that's the, you and you know. don't want to be in a, in a headlock. That's why I'm his friend. I fall on his side of the fence right now. <laughs> but again, this is um, LeBron Palmer. Um, I can be found on Instagram at LeBron Palmer, and it's exactly how it sounds. Um, I'm a big fan of LeBron James. And Otto Palmer, um, and we've got JJ at JJ Wood Golf. Uh, that'd be the easiest one, and it's just JJ. It's not J A Y J A Y. No J period. No J period. <laughs> JJ Wood, like Tiger without the S. Golf, all one word. And that's been episode one of the Golf Performance Podcast.